0: Amen. Amen. Remain standing, if you would, as we open God's Word to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 3.
1: We've been working our way through the book of Hebrews, and
0: I've thoroughly enjoyed making our way through this book. It's a very uh, thick book, so to speak it's not long but it's deep <laughs> and whenever we come face to face with difficult portions of scripture to follow as this one may present this morning i want us to do so with with a an idea in mind i'm going to do something a little bit different here i'm going to ask brother troy if he would make himself ready here in just a moment uh we're going to read our portion of scripture this morning and then I'm going to ask him if he would come and if he would pray and it's a specific prayer that's going to need you see whenever we face difficult things we need to understand that it is a test of our love of the Lord Jesus Christ on how we respond it is a test of our love of God that not only do we hear but that we process and apply. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to vainly claim that I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask Brother Troy, after we read this, he would come and ask God, beseech on our behalf, and while he prays, I'm going to ask you to pray in your heart that God would remove anything of you that might get in the way of Him this morning. Look with me, if you would, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Brother Troy, if you would come at this time, I'm going to ask you to pray as he prays in your heart, if you would pray that the Lord would help us to see us the way God sees us, the way we are. Brother Troy,
1: Dear heavenly lord I come before you as uh, as a body lord bound by spirit recognize lord that uh,
2: we are all inadequate and we are all broken vessels gather us unto yourself it is by thy promise and thy strength that we are here Seek to understand,
1: but when thy spirit facilitate the act.
2: Lord, thank you so much. You've given us all that we we need to, to undertake these things. And bless in abundance. Lord, that you are our great reward. You are our joy. And that is where we derive strength. Lord, let this be an outworking. In each one of our lives and then carry out into those among us Lord, in our own world here that uh, thy glory would be realized, Lord. We would see people come to know you and thy will be done, Lord. Times are always trying, but amen. You are consistent and above all, Lord. Brought us here this time for that purpose. Thank you so much. Thank you for that church, thank you for thy word, thank you for thy spirit, Lord. Thank you for Brother Andy that would preach to us. Give us fertile hearts, Lord. Take this in and then work with it.
1: Change our lives in the Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. As
0: I made mention, at- when we are faced with difficult portions of Scripture, how we respond is really a test of our love of God. And so this morning, I do want us to take a moment and just really refocus ourselves on Him. Don't allow ourselves to be a a hindrance or a distraction. Don't allow ourselves to be distracted from what He is wanting to say. This has nothing to do with me. And sometimes, We preachers are afraid to say things like this because we don't want you thinking, we want your attention on us. It has nothing to do with me. I am simply a speaker. It's what's coming through the speaker that we we hope that you are going to cling to. As we look at ways the Word of God wants to expose things into us and how God's Word wants to correct things and redirect our lives, this is such a passage that we come across here in the final portion of chapter three of the book of Hebrews. It reveals very dangerous potential. We got into this last week. We kind of, it it's a great springboard for what we're looking at this week. Uh, and that's the way, the beautiful way that God's word works. This is why I like to preach chapter by chapter, verse by verse. The question that I kind of wanted to start things out with was how can I be sure that I'm truly a believer of God? How can I be sure of this? Now, I want you to think for just a moment, because many times when we hear something like this uh, posed or we hear something like this brought up, uh, our mind immediately goes to, well, I know I'm saved, so this isn't for me. No. If in your mind what comes in is, well, I know I'm saved, then my friend, this is more for you than anybody else in the building. Because what we want to be certain of is not what we did many years ago, what kind of a decision or what kind of profession that we made many years ago. What we want to really kind of boil down in is what type of a life am I living today that is evidenced of what I claim to believe. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. How many times have you heard someone say, well, uh, I bleed red. I am a Ohio State Buckeye fan. I bleed. I guess it's bleeding red. I'm a Marshall fan, so we bleed green. I'm assuming that Buckeyes bleed red. I don't know. Maybe some Buckeye in the audience is going, how dare he? I don't know. So please forgive me for a moment. If that's the case, I'm not, I am not. don't have a dog in the fight. Mar, uh, uh, Marshall is my team. If you all are YSU fans, you can... Tr- Storm me later. Let's just let it go. Uh, now, here's here's the thing, though. If if I never wore anything or never cheered for uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes or or anything, how in the world would you believe me when I say, "Oh, I'm a dyed in the wool Buckeye fan"? Who are they playing today? Uh-huh.
1: Who they play yesterday? Uh-huh. Well, then how in the
0: world are you going to claim to be a dyed in the wool Buckeye? Not a dying way, you're a bandwagon junkie just like half the other other people who claim. Let that never be said of someone who bears the name of Christian. Let that never, never be said. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. (laughs) They're a fair weather fan at best.
1: The question then, do I
0: truly believe God? I want you to notice that there's an evidence of unbelief in this. So before continuing, I think it's important for every one of us to know the direction that I'm going. Right now, here's where we're heading. You may have had a conversion experience in the past.
1: Is that holding true today? That's the direction we're heading
0: because this is the direction that the writer of Hebrews is heading. And the preacher makes it very clear when he starts to point things out from the children of, of Israel after their exodus. They, they, they believed him to leave, but they didn't believe him to continue living. They believed him to go out of, the, out of Egypt to follow Moses away from Egypt. They believed him there. But when they finally got out in the open, I don't know about that. So we want to be facing ourselves in this this morning. Don't be looking around going, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They really needed this this morning. Ladies, don't elbow your husbands unless it's to wake
1: them up. It's you who needs to hear this. It's me who needs to hear this.
0: Let's look at a couple things really quickly as far as the evidence of unbelief. You know, there, there's something in this. Look at verse number 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Now, he, he goes ahead and he puts it right out there. If I was to ask you, if I was to take a poll this morning before we just read this, <laughs> now you all have the cheat sheet. But if I had polled everybody on their way into church, maybe I had all the deacons at every door and they polled everybody and they said, give me three things you would consider evil. You know what would probably come to people's mind would be things such as, as murder, rape, uh, um, uh, theft, uh, um, uh, terrorism. They, I probably just got flagged on Facebook. Um, uh, they probably have all these, they name a lot of different things, right? would you have labeled unbelief as something that was evil?
1: Look at the verse we just read. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. My friend, not believing God is a sin. Not
0: believing God is evil. I want us to face the reality of this. And how can we know what kind of an evidence is there that maybe we have an unbelieving heart? Look at the evidence that was there with them in the second part of this verse in departing from the living God. Now, realize something. They didn't, they didn't leave Egypt, follow Moses, and go, all right, we're one of the children of Israel. We're one of God's chosen ones. We're making our way through. Hey, you know what? I'm out, I'm going back to Egypt. No, they were still there.
1: They didn't say, "Well, you know what
0: i <laughs> I just i i am an atheist now. I'm I'm out. I'm an atheist. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be an Israelite anymore. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, be an Ishmaelite now. And that's not what they did. They just didn't believe him in his promises." Here's what they do. They make their way through. God miraculously puts on display His power, His wonderful power. He, he has the, the different plagues that hit, and they are witness to this. They're finally leaving. And the Bible says over 600,000 men. That wasn't counting the women and children. Some people say it was upwards of maybe around 3 million people. And it wasn't just the Israelites that left. Read your Bible. Some Egyptians went with them because they saw the power and might of Almighty God and they said, We're leaving too. And they get to the Red Sea and they're worried, What in the world's going to happen? I can't believe this is, oh, what did you, we're going to die. Here they come. And what happens? <laughs> the, the sea parts. They witness all this. They follow him. And God said, All right, there's the promised land. Go get it. And they send spies.
1: Well, you need to spy anything out.
0: God said, Go get it. Why? I don't. Well, let's go see what it looks like so we know what we're up against. And only two of them came back believing God. The rest of them came back and said, "Oh no, man! You got to see these guys. And we're like grasshoppers compared to these guys. We just tiny, and everybody out there—they all big. We're uh-uh. We 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 can't do this. <laughs> uh, frogs, locusts, flies, boils. No sun. Uh, Red sea parted.
1: <laughs> we can't do that." They didn't have belief. And God said that that act was evil. I want us to understand where they were so that we can understand where we are.
0: Notice this. The old adage is that conduct determines character. <laughs> no, my friend, it does not. People are not liars because they lie. People are not thieves because they steal. People are not murderers because they commit murder. People murder because they're murderers at heart. People lie because they're liars. You see, your character determines your conduct, not the other way around. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. As we come to these type of uh, of portions of Scripture, it is important for us to dig in and not turn away from it. Uh, you know, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. That's evidence. It's for you. Well, I, 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 I don't really need this message, but <laughs> that guy across the house, right, he needs this message. That's evidence. It's for you. You see... Many are quick to claim that they believe in God for salvation. However, do they believe in Him for life? Let's put it out there. Jesus said when He was talking to Thomas, and, he, and Thomas was like, well, how do we know the way? He says, I am the way. You remember that verse? You remember that John 14, 6 where Jesus says, I am the way. Okay, so we all know that the way to God is through Jesus. No man comes to the Father but by me, Right? What else did he say? I am the truth. I love the way uh, he says it to uh, Pilate. He says, anyone who is of truth hears me. But you know what else he says? I am the life.
1: Do you believe God enough to live God? Do you believe God enough to live the life that He has put in black and white? Do you believe God enough to obey His Word? That's the question that we need to really kind of focus in on today.
0: Look at something here. This idea of turning away or departing or falling away from the living God. To not believe God and His promises, to not believe God and His Word, to not believe God and what He asks of us is to depart from God. And so when I come across something in Scripture and I say, well, (laughs) that's nice and all, but it's not for me. That is departing from God. When God's Word exposes something in my life, and here I I sit in a a, a setting such as this under the preaching of God's Word, under the teaching of God's Word, and something, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't like that one. That one is for you. And to ignore that little poke and that little prod that, and I'm uncomfortable now. I, (laughs) I can't wait to give him peace of my mind.
1: That one's for you. And to turn away from it, is sin. Unbelief.
0: To not believe God is to depart from it. Turn away from truth is to turn to your own thoughts. Places you as your own personal
1: God. Well, <laughs> the Pastor needs to understand. I you don't owe me any explanation. Get this. When we go home, we all leave here. I ain't going to your home. I don't live with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so
0: what you choose is not anything that you have to explain to me. It ain't even anything you have to explain to one another.
1: you got to answer to God for that.
0: You've got to face God one day when He says, I gave it to you in black and white and even put a chubby bald head and fell in front of you shouting about it and you didn't say anything?
1: I gave it to you.
0: You're responsible.
1: But we don't believe Him.
0: You see, a mark of truly believing God for salvation is how tightly we cling to this belief. I want you to notice something there in verse 14. It says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the Word from the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. This is not one of those, if I don't cling tightly to it, I'm going to lose my salvation. That's not what we're talking about. It, it, you've got the Some people have the idea, okay, see, right there's evidence. I can get safe, but I have to hold on to my salvation, or I can lose it, I can let go of it. That's not what is being said in this passage. Please do not insert words into God's mouth. We talked about this last week, how we have different if statements that are not necessarily conditional statements, but they are statements of logic. In other words, if you are a child of God, this will be true of you. And this is what we're seeing in this. It says, for we are made partakers of Christ, that if can be translated, if it be true that, or based on the assumption that. And so we see that if, he's not saying as long as you. No, he's saying if it's true that you hold on to the confidence that you had from the beginning. What confidence is that? Somebody opens up the word of God. They expose to you your need of a Savior. They expose to you your sin. And in repentance and faith, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, died for my sins, was placed on that dirty, filthy, rugged cross, brought down, put into the tomb, three days later, rose from the dead. I believe that, and I believe that He did it for me. And in repentance and faith, I trusted Him as my Savior, and I believed Him for salvation. If I truly believe him then, I will believe him today when he says, husbands, love your wives,
1: wives, husband. I'll believe him when he says, forgive. I'll believe him
0: when he says, do unto others. I'll believe him when he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. We'll get to that when we get to chapter 10. I'll believe him.
1: because I truly believed Him back here. And I believe
0: Him all the way through. That's evidence. It's evidence that I truly believed Him here because I'm clinging to that same belief. He got me out. He's going to get me through. He got me out of my sin predicament. He got me out of my bondage to sin. He got me out of my old life. He will get me through whatever lies ahead. It's difficult
1: for me to forgive right now, preacher. He says to do it. Do you believe that He's going to help you do it? Do you believe that His love and His mercy should be extended to others as well?
0: Is there something this morning that you are disobedient in currently? And it's become easy for you to be disobedient.
1: I'm easy. I can excuse. Maybe even blame God. Well, God made me this way. I'm just stubborn. God made me stubborn. Whoa.
0: You see, just like the Israelites believed enough to leave Egypt, They did not believe enough to continue moving
1: forward. They only believed Him to a certain point. Just like the Israelites, many
0: Christians today are the same way. Many professing believers believe enough to start, but not to continue to live. You want to know the evidence of that statement to be true? Think for just... One moment about someone you know who has a marvelous Exodus testimony, marvelously, gloriously brought out of a certain life or out of a certain walk. They were marvelously, gloriously turned from self to Christ. Where are they today?
1: They got the Exodus story. They never made it to the promised land. They've got great stories of the past, but they have no stories of today. How God is faithful today. If that's you this morning, please don't get mad at it. That's it, and move toward. Do you have an Exodus story? You know, there's some people that don't even have that part. They don't have the I once was, but now am. It's wonderful
0: if you have an Exodus story, but can I ask you? Do you have a continued testimony of faith? Oh, Brother Andy, you need to... (laughs) The other day, this happened in my life. I, I, I didn't want to do it, but I know God's Word told me that this is the way I should respond. I did, and oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe how it turned out. Oh, Brother Andy, I had a problem with a friend of mine, and, and, and I was reading Matthew 18. It says, if your brother offends you, you're supposed to go to them and talk these things out, and you can gain your brother that way. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty mad at him. I thought they needed to come talk to me because they're the one that offended me. But then when I read that, I was like, you know what, God? I know that's what you want me to do. I really don't like this, and I don't think it's going to work. As a matter of fact, I think it's going to make things worse, God. But you said to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Oh, Brother Andy, you wouldn't believe what a rejoicing time. Do you have any of those type of stories? Or is the only story you can think to tell by accident? There are different evidences of unbelief but there's an example that was given you'll notice that the example cited of Hebrews of the Hebrews not believing God it was over 40
1: years he struggled with 40
0: years They witnessed the plagues. They witnessed the Red Sea parting. They witnessed the manna from heaven. They witnessed the quail. They witnessed the water from a rock. They witnessed all these wonderful things over and over again for 40 years. Not a one of them entered the promised land except for these two boys that came back and said, we believe. Caleb and Joshua, almost 3 million people. The Bible says over 600,000. Let's just take the men above the age of 20. Out of 600,000, only two made it 40 years later? I want you to understand something about this because this this is something that we've got to be very cautious about. Think of those spies when they returned. Only two said, let's go for it. The rest of them and their negativity and their complaining brought over 600,000 people down with them.
1: Disbelief and negativity are poisonous. Poisonous. Well,
0: not like it was back in the good old days. Back, I remember back in the good old days, we were able to do this, this, and this, and this. Now we gotta wear a mask everywhere we go.
1: Negativity is poisonous.
0: Negativity can poison everyone around you. I don't understand why we gotta do it this way. I don't understand why we gotta meet over here and why we gotta go that way, and we gotta do this thing, we gotta I don't it's just not fair that we have to ooh. Sounds a lot like well, we
1: don't have enough food. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough. Let us be very cautious. with That our negativity.
0: Our pessimistic attitude. Jesus said, he, well, he, he told us this way. He said, uh, through, his prophet, or through his apostle, he said, as much as is possible, live peaceably with all men. That does not include gossip, backbiting, arguing, being argumentative, belittling, talking down. It doesn't mean any of that. It means as much as it's possible,
1: live peaceably. You believe that one? What about when someone comes and uh, knocks on your door? They you got that white shirt, the tie on, the name tag. I love it. This is Elder so and so and Brother so and so, and we're here to talk to you. Praise the Lord. Do you share the truth in love, or do you yell at them, person, slam the door in their face? Do you share the truth in love? Do you believe that one?
0: Disbelief and negativity are poisons. When these spies came back and the two wanted to take a land, the rest did not believe. This caused not only the doubtful to sin, but it caused the other ones to doubt and they sinned as well. Be careful that your negative complaining. Well,
1: I know the Bible says, but well, I don't believe that Paul garbage. He wasn't married. What kind of person, what kind of unmarried man is going to give me marital advice? Easy. Careful with this. That your negativity does not cause someone else around you to stumble as well. Disbelief
0: in negativity always, always focuses on the temporal over the eternal. Always focuses. You see my food, what I'm going to drink my comfort, my happiness, so forth and so on. Do you believe God? Then do it His way. He said to go in there and tackle that city, go in there and tackle that city. I'm so thankful for the rest of the story where Joshua takes his guys and marches them around the walls for day after day after day and seven times on that last day. We're walking around a wall. This is your battle plan. And I believe God.
1: We're going to walk around the walls. Are you daft? Nope. Believe God. You call me daft because I believe God? You're calling him daft. Understand this. Disobedience is evidence
0: of disbelief. Evidence of disbelief. It, and and get catch this very quickly. Disbelief, disbelief is a challenge to the very character
1: of Almighty You are challenging the
0: character of God. Well, I know God's Word says to do it this way, but I really think Paul did not know that you
1: knew more than God. I know God's Word says that I'm supposed to, but that is a challenge to the character of Almighty God.
0: It's it's equivalent to making God nothing more than one of us that attained a higher level of spirituality. You know that in, in the Mormon church they actually teach God was once a man who achieved Godhood status. And since He was once a man that achieved God-like status, you and I are just as capable
1: of attaining that same level. That makes God capable of having sinned in the past. No, my friend,
0: God the Father was never a man that attained perfection. God the Father was the eternal being, the creator, and God the Son, equivalent, equal in His time and in His talents and in His abilities, completely equal to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. They were never created, never sinned, always perfect, and that's why they're able to claim, I never change. So even though the Bible was written some 2,000 plus years ago, guess what? It holds true today.
1: Let's look at it this way. Notice the effect of the unbelief. It says that they provoked God
0: to anger. Notice that. Says there in uh, verse fifteen, Wilder said, "Today, if you will hear me, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation they rebelled against God and provoked him to anger." It's like when I used to sit in the back seat and my mom and dad would be driving down the road and, and we'd be heading. We didn't have iPads, iPhones, and all this other, other techno gadgets, all right? We didn't have that. You know what we did to occupy our time as we drove from West Virginia to Florida or wherever we were going? We counted cars. I bet the next one's going to be red. That was our excitement. And then from time to time, you know, we would argue, but we'd have that middle seat belt strung down the center line. And the velour seats. You remember that? And you could just you could take your hand, you could rub it one way, it would be one color, rub it the other way, it would match. Your, we would make our line down the middle. Don't cross my leg. and what would you do? You'd let your leg just kind of lean on that line just a little bit. Kind of just stretch out and let your foot just barely cross the line, right? And then you'd hear from the back seat, "Mom, he's got his foot on my side." Or you'd look at that line, and you wouldn't put your hand across it. You would just invade the
1: airspace. That's what we're doing to God? What are you going to do? I'm not touching you. What are you going to do? I know you said to forgive, but I'm not going to do it. What are you going to do? I know you said you don't like the way I'm living
0: right now, but I'm not going to change. What are you going to do? I know you said you want me to love my wife, but you know what kind of argument we just had? I'm not going to do it. I know you said I'm supposed to respect my husband, but yeah. see the way he talked to me a while ago? I'm not going to do it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And every day that we continue this attitude of I know what the Bible says, I know what God expects of me, but I'm not going to do it. What are you going to do, God? What are you going to do, God? Huh? What are you going to do? That's how we're treating Him.
1: The writer of Hebrews knows that just like those Israelites, you and I are capable of this thing. And he says, take heed. Just a few. This one may
0: include yours. I'm going to give you just a quick list. Just a few examples of whether or not I really believe. So the question, do do, do you really believe? Do you really believe God? Think about this. Do you think that
1: there is a better way to live?
0: Do you think that there's a better way to do anything? The Bible says if I have a problem with my friend, I'm supposed to go to them and talk it out, but I don't think that's a good idea. Then you think that you have a better way.
1: Do you really believe? Is God's Word your first source for advice? Your first source. Is God's Word your first source Advice. or is it picking up the phone and calling your best friend is it Dr. Phil and Oprah oh please dear Lord let it not be one of those two that's Dr. Oz Oh,
0: do you see how close you can get to sin here's how you know if you're trying to see how close you can get to sin I get these questions from time to time Pastor, is it really a sin for me to? You're trying to get as
1: close as you can. You're worried about sin? What do you want to ask. If you're not sure, Romans 14 dealt with that. If you do anything with doubt in your heart, you're damned. So if you have to ask, don't. End of the story. People
0: that ask me those kind of questions, well, is it really a sin to... Sometimes, misunderstand me, sometimes they're honestly trying to find out. By and large, people are asking that question because they want to get as close as they can without crossing the line. Do you see the Word of God as conditional?
1: When God says to do something, that's only determined by my situations. Do you see the things of this world? Do the things of this world excite you more than the things? God said it this way, call unto me and I will answer thee and show you the great and mighty things. He
0: never said, Watch the Super Bowl and you're gonna see great and mighty things that you Here's a spoiler alert. One of them's gonna win, the other one's gonna lose, and people are gonna hate
1: one another. Call him he'll answer He'll show us great and perhaps yeah. The escaping this unbelief is filled in this well. Notice what it says there in verse 15. While it is said, Today, if you hear my voice, harden not your hearts as in the day. Today. Can you go back to verse 13 with me? But exhort one another daily. While. Today. See, here's how we escape unbelief. We grab hold of the word today. And we live today. About as deep as you can. Make a determination. Today I'm going today.
0: Oh, Pastor Andy, this thing is pretty difficult that I'm facing. I need some more time to think about it. Stop, stop, stop. Today. Today. While it's still today.
1: Because tomorrow, today's going to be yesterday. should have done it back then. Obey Him today. Check your heart. Look, Look! there are two
0: methods at this. very first part of taking heed is in verse 12. Take heed, brethren. In other words, you need to focus in on this thing yourself. So examine your own heart and life. Right now, before we move any further, today, right now, this very moment, examine your heart. Is there something you've been saying no to God about
1: today? Say yes. Today. Quit provoking him. What are you going to do, God? I mean, I've gotten away with it this long. What are you going to do? I've been living this kind of lifestyle. I'm still going to heaven.
0: Because evidence of the true, genuine conversion back here is the fact that I am still moving toward Him. And if I'm not still moving toward Him, what evidence do I have that what took place back there was genuine? It's something every
1: single one of us should tremble. There's two things in this. One is to take heed, be attentive, examine yourself. Second, we look at Verse 13, exhort one another daily. That's the beauty
0: of this setting right here. You see me doing something that does not reveal Christ, that is not in keeping with his word. Don't don't come up and tell one another about stuff that you just prefer. You know, when you wear those crazy socks, Pastor, I just really don't like it. Well, you buy my socks and I'll wear yours. A uh, pastor, you know, when you do this or when you do that, I I would prefer you didn't. No, just stop. If I if there's something I'm going against Scripture on, I'm not doing things the way God would have me to do them. Please love me enough.
1: Please love me. Notice. Do you have anything to address?
0: then take concern to address it. And then help others around within the church. This is not your license to
1: become the church Gestapo. pastor told me I was supposed to talk to you. (laughs) I will put you under that bus so fast your head will spin. Don't even think about it. But decide now that you are going to help now, you're going to be a help to others and that you're going to be helped by the beauty of a church. I'm here to help you. You're here to help me maintain what I profess to believe. Never be so quick to turn away loving her, cur- Never.
0: Understand that this is an imperative command. In Greek, you have the imperative. In other words, it's saying do this. It's not a suggestion. You have two. The first one is for you to take heed, be on the watch, be attentive. The second,
1: sort one another. If
0: someone comes up to you and lets you know, brother, I love you, and I'm afraid you're going the wrong direction, he is following the command of Almighty God. Please, get all up.
1: Listen to him. Go home. Pray about it. Someone does it to you. When? This is a sign of truly believing God as well.
0: How we treat one another, how we work with one another, how we respond to one another, how we function as a body.
1: Together. that's an example. Truly believe Him. This morning, I believe that there are possibly people here today who have never
0: trusted Christ as their Savior. Never. They don't even have an exodus. But I also believe wholeheartedly that there are people here today. You know why I believe that? It's not because I'm looking at you. It's because I know me. There are people here today who are living a
1: disbelieving, disrespectful, disobedient. I go to church every single Sunday. Maybe so. There's something that you're holding on to at home in your own personal life. No is wrong. No is not how God would have you to be. Saying no. Putting your finger in the face of God challenging His authority. What are you going to do? There may be some that
0: thought their exodus experience was genuine. Now, face to face with their lack of belief in God, they're not even sure that that was
1: They want to get it right. Friends, that's what this altar is all about. Taking your issue to the foot of the cross and saying, done. Do that on my own time. Today. While it is still called today. On your way home, it may not be today anymore. Today means right now. Get it done.